Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into another edition of the Apples to Apples podcast. We apologize for missing a week. I'll take the blame on that, but thank you to everybody for tuning in you know, this funny. week. I was going to say, are you going to say the return? I kind of did. I mean, I, 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 I said we, I mean, I, people, yeah. loyal listeners know we missed one, so there's no yeah. reason in hiding it. No, that's what I was going to say, the return of Apples to Apples. Yeah, the return didn't feel right, though. It, it didn't feel like we left. We just had to miss a week. We had to skip a week. People were doing things. Lots going on. Yep. People are getting ready to go out of town. People are getting vaccines. It's, stuff's going on. Yeah, someone's sick from the vaccine. More to come later. Not, Not who you, you think. Though. Yeah. What, Sam? I was saying it wasn't you. No, I, well, I didn't feel great. To be honest, I felt a little weird and tired, but I'm old. It's just kind of your rest. On that state. note, I, I apologize to the listeners if I cough a lot in the show. I'll try to mute myself. But. Well, me too, because I'm sneezing and coughing a lot. Yeah, we, we've been dealing with dad's coughs for three years of the show. I think we can do yeah, one Usually they're on my, in my, on my neck or in my ear. <clears throat> I haven't coughed a lot lately, but it's 30 degrees and snowing all day, so it's a little chilly. Well... It's 75 and sunny here, and I'm still coughing, so I don't know if that makes you feel better or not. No, it doesn't, because two days ago it was 92 where I was, so it makes me feel worse. I don't even know what day it is. Today, Tuesday? Yeah, yesterday. Today is Tuesday. All right, let's start the show, because I'm hungry. We should get going, so go ahead and start, Drew, whenever you're ready. All right, well, I already started. I'm already a little bit underway, so that's good. We we already killed some time. You're closer to eating. God, we have so much to talk about. Uh, Twins doing exactly what I said. Timberwolves new owner. I'm not sure I get it, but well, Anthony Amers doesn't even know who he is. So, really? Yeah, there's a post game press conference today, and they asked uh, <laughs> his thoughts about on A Rod owning the team, and he goes, I, "I don't know who that is." That is all right. Well, I guess we gotta talk about that. Didn't mean to interrupt. You can continue. Yeah, no. It's no, a- I, you kind of. I mean, you're clearly excited because we've had a week off. You're also a little bit out of the flow, which which I get. You know, it's it's been a uh, it's been a long that whole week. You know, you can forget a lot in a week, especially at your age. So thanks everybody to the Orchard for tuning in. As always, you found us one way or another. But if you want to tell friends, family, and anybody in between how to find us, here's what you're going to tell them. You're going to send them to anchor.fm slash apples dash two dash apples. And from there, you'll have links to all your favorite streaming services. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also just find us directly on all of those apps and sites and services. Just search us up. Once you're there, follow, like, subscribe, favorite, whatever you do. That way, every week when we do have a show, which is basically every week, except once in a while we have to take a week off, every week we'll be there right on your phone, your device, whatever you do use to listen to podcasts. We're there ready for you when you are. You can also catch us on the PodMN app. Go download that. That is an phone only app it's us and tons of other minnesota and twin cities especially content uh podcasts radio shows lots of different stuff but not just sports news food everything you can think of it's all there on the pod mn app and last but certainly not least we are part of the wfnu 94.1 fm frogtown community radio family we are proud to kick off the saturday sports spectacular i already forgot sam what you told me to say two weeks ago i have to be honest the appetizer the appetizer. That's oh, that I knew it was not sports related. I couldn't think of it. The, we are the appetizer to the main dish, which is the hottest show oh. on the radio right now. We are at 7 a.m. Central, followed by Connor's Corner at 8 a.m. Central. Dad, how's Connor doing? Uh, doing well. We uh, had a little problem yesterday, a little thunderstorm slash plane issue. So we were not live, but we will be coming back live next monday with a huge on location show from st thomas academy which you will not hear of course after this show but you will hear it next week after our show so stay tuned for that i'm absolutely lacerated right now a scab just opened somehow on my leg because i got spiked by a kid and i am gushing but that's okay i'm gonna power it i'm feeling lightheaded but connor's doing well Oh, my God. Blood. Anywho, so I don't really have a pre... I mean, it's an old show, so there's not much to talk about. But stay tuned, because I'm sure St. Thomas Academy, that'll be an interesting show. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss that one. No. That is that is Connor's Corner. That's 8 a.m. Like I said, we are 7 a.m. You can also catch us streaming 
on WFNU.org or on the Live 365 app. Just download that, search WFNU, and you'll see us and all of the oh, W. Can I just say one thing? Speaking of St. Yes, Thomas, please. Academy, uh, I just didn't want you two to feel bad. Will and I also skipped the father-son banquet this year. So 15 straight years, 15 straight times missing it. Congratulations to the entire family. Go ahead. It's quite the run. Unlike anything St. Thomas has ever seen. It was our last chance to miss it, so we did it. So I have a vague memory of you and I going no, absolutely the first not. year when it was different. But maybe not. Maybe I'm confusing that with a different event. That might have been, been your real dad. Oh, right. He hasn't right. been in the picture since. It was, it was, oh, it was that traumatizing. That's why you guys never went. I think St. Thomas trauma, yeah. Yeah. And you know what was weird? You know how they give out the Father of the Year award this year? I did not know they gave that out. They give it out every year, like the volunteer. I, I, I didn't know that. Coolest guy ever. Guess who won? Uh, you. Oh, my God. What a good guess. Guess who didn't go? Pick it up the award. You. Yep. Same guy. All right. Let's continue. Uh, well, they knew it was your last chance. They figured maybe if we give him the award, he'll come. But... <laughs> I, told the, I, no, I don't like awards, so. Yeah, you do. That's so. It's such a lie. No, I actually don't. I, I, that's actually true. I don't, and I'm gushing blood. Anywho, um, where are we at? I mean, I mean, we, we got we got about 50 minutes of the show left. You're the showrunner. Where where would you like to start? We had oh, we had a national championship happen. We've had I mean, opening you, day. Uh, we've had okay. Uh, let's start both with that. trade deadlines. Maybe at the very but, least yeah. the NHL. Let's go back to the national. Let's not talk a lot about it. I fair. will say that even though in my pool I picked early on Gonzaga, I did say on Connor's show that Baylor would absolutely annihilate Gonzaga. And Connor bet me $1,000. Now, see, I don't know. You guys you guys gamble a little bit, which is totally fine. You're of age. Is this a good bet? If I win, I get $1,000. If he wins, he gets a case of Diet Coke. I thought that was fair. It's, those odds seem to be in your favor. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and uh, I said we that uh, Baylor would kill him, and they did. I mean, Baylor was better. Yeah, and, and and I'll be I'll be quick with my thoughts. Yeah, um, Sam's anymore. our our college basketball expert here. Yes, he is. Um, but I had thought Baylor the whole or next, excuse me, I had thought Gonzaga the whole way. But you know, when it be, when it came to be Gonzaga Baylor, and you looked at. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like every college college basketball teams, especially, have like a finite amount of magic or whatever you want to call it, a finite amount of like moments that they have at their disposal. And it just felt like Gonzaga, or not, uh, yeah, Gonzaga. I keep getting them confused for some reason. Gonzaga used it all up in that final four game against UCLA, and it felt like UCLA probably used theirs up on the way to Gonzaga. So it just it, it sort of once it was down to those two teams, and you saw what Baylor could do, and you saw the matchup you had. And you saw what Gonzaga had gone through to get there. It just felt almost inevitable. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I was all in on Gonzaga, and literally until, you know, I guess Sunday morning I'm, after, uh, after that. Today. I just need to say one thing because I'm old enough for getting, and I'm gonna turn the rest over to Sam. Uh, and I, I, going back to that, you, you kind of insinuated that Cinderella shot and last ending play for Gonzaga. I had no idea. So I was at a, a house of people you know, one of your mm-hmm. very good friends, and I said that I don't think that game can be considered a great game because it's one of the luckiest shots I've ever seen. And much to my chagrin, I was shown a article by Skip Bayless who said the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't believe – and I swear to you, I did – they're like they're, – they thought I was kidding because he said it. I'm like, no, and they showed it to me. It was Corey Hallman, by the way. Well, I assumed it was. I, I could guess yeah. the family. I, I wasn't sure which and I'm son like, charged the article. So I want to get your opinions because I don't. And then someone at the house said, "Well, he's wor- He worked on that shot. No one has ever worked on the bank shot three pointer from the top of the key. Sorry, I don't care what anyone tells me. But well, let, let's let's get let's. Was we'll, that a we'll, lucky shot? We'll circle back to that. All I right. want to hear Sam's analysis of the week plus the tournament we missed and the championship game, and then we'll get to that because I think that's a good discussion. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would just want to—I was all on Gonzaga too. I thought they were gonna roll through the tournament like they rolled through the season, um, and that was the game I wanted to see. We we missed out on the Baylor Gonzaga game. They're the two best teams all year, and that's the game I wanted to see in the championship. And that's the game I got, but it's not the actual game on the court I wanted to see. But 
at Baylor, no one in the in NCAA uh, or Division two or three was going to beat Baylor that game. They were shooting lights out. Gonzaga's players couldn't make a three. Baylor made every three. They made every shot. They're running in transition, which Gonzaga loved to do. They were not like, – no one was going to beat Baylor that game. They were shooting too well, and that's just – Gonzaga also played terrible, which didn't help. But even if Gonzaga played well, they were not beating Baylor that game because that was a really yeah. good performance by them, which probably showed they're were, they were the better team. Like, they, when the lights came – when it came down to it, final game of the year, national championship, um, all – one game for it all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Baylor showed they're the best team, uh, which we kind of not shocked us, but we didn't really think was the case. And then going back to the UCLA, uh, UCLA Gonzaga game, and like whether it's the best game, I think it's actually it's one of the best games. It was definitely the best game of the tournament, but it wasn't the best shot. The best shot I think was Kemba Walker, but the best game that game was better than the Kemba Walker Kemba Walker, Walker shot was in the Big East tournament. It wasn't even in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. It's the I best think, shot. Uh, but the best game, from start to finish, it was back yeah, and forth. that game was That game was insane. That's a game yeah, where people are on the edge of their seats from tip-off until that shot went in off the backboard or the bank board, whatever you want to call it. My, my last comment about the game, and then we'll do that, is did – and I want to hear – I mean, you guys may have thoughts. Did did anybody in the Final Four specifically, those two games, help their stock more than Jalen Suggs? And did anybody hurt their stock more than Corey Kispert? I, I mean, Kispert was invisible. The dude was useless on, on the defense. He couldn't hit a shot, which he's there. I mean, he, he was a 50-40-90 guy, and the dude could not hit the broad side of the barn, especially not in the national championship game. I mean, he was an All-American some people said he was going to be lottery. I mean, he's he'll be lucky to go late first, I think, at this point. I mean, he won't slide that far. That's well, probably dramatic. I have a question for you guys, too, I want to hear. is I understand the big white post players from the Big Ten never do anything in the NBA. But looking at that, the, you can look at the majority of the tournament, too, especially that game, playing against a really athletic team in Baylor, which kind of proved to be too much for Gonzaga. And we know the NBA is full of super athletic guys. What shows that... Kispert is going to be a better NBA player than Garza. Garza dominated against really big athletic teams like Illinois and stuff like and teams like that. What shows that Garza is a full round worse than Kispert in the I don't NBA know. draft? I, I'm I'm I with you. Like either. you said, it's it's no. I I think like you said, Sam. I think as much it's it's just a positional thing at this point. The NBA looks for a certain type, and you know they can you can turn Kispert essentially into a spot up shooter or or just an off ball shooter guy like. Um, kind of like Joe Harris on the on the Nets. Like you can turn him into that if you want to. He's a good enough shooter. He'll be fine doing that. He doesn't have to do a lot. Like Garza, you just can't do as much with in the NBA. But you're right. I mean, from an impact standpoint, it's it's not even close. The the what they what they meant to their teams, especially in the tournament. But in the NBA, it's a whole different game. Literally, I think if you're talking greatest shots, I think still Leitner's shot was pretty good. But here's okay. Here's what I want to say to start this. But there's one. How many buzzer beaters do you see? That you're like, oh yeah, he did work on that shot. The later one, he's definitely never worked on. No, to but catch a ball three quarters off. court, dribble one way, you know, dream yeah, shake the other. And... Actual, okay, but hang on, I, I no one works on it. I agree, but he caught the ball, turned, and took a legitimate shot. Didn't hit the backboard, and it went in. So I, I just I think, I, I think saying it up. wasn't a I think saying it wasn't a great game just because the shot banked in. No, 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 no. It's not the greatest game ever because it was a lucky shot at the end. It was one of the best games. I agree, totally agree just with because, you. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's for the greatest I, game in the world did not end on a lucky shot. I'm sorry. Why? That's part of the magic. Like sometimes it's just your night. That night was Suggs's night all night. He made every play, both sides of the court. That wasn't even the best play he had in the game, by the way. Best play he had in the game was the block on one and then the half-court length bounce pass Let's be to, to Timmy for the dunk earlier. They, I mean, they, it, they did everything they could to give Gonzaga that game, by the way. Sure, but fine. But it doesn't it doesn't make it any worse of a game. Just because the shot I didn't was say lucky, it was a bad game. I, I, I don't know. I, it, just, it just it felt like when UCLA hit that shot, and that ball was inbounded, and it was in Suggs' hands. You almost knew before that ball went up in the air it was going in. I, I don't know. I, I think just because it was lucky doesn't I think mean it's Leitner, any less of a great game. Considering cons- Leitner, I'm not saying it is better than that game in, was, ge- in general. I'm not even going to try to argue that. No, I wouldn't even pick either of good. those games as my favorite game. 
No, that's not best, even. The, I wouldn't pick either one. Listen, the best final shot ever was the dunk to make NC double NC State the champion and Valvano go crazy. I, see, I wouldn't even say that, but that's fine. But I, that, I, this is. I, I would say. I would say that Chris Jenkins three to win the national championship for Villanova a few years back after Marcus Page hit an absolutely insane shot, which people forget about because it didn't matter. Marcus Page hit the better shot or the harder shot. And then Villanova well, went right down the court and hit a three to win the I whole mean, thing. That and one that shot was not nearly as lucky as this one. No, oh, that's a good point. And the one shot that go. Oh, never mind. Well, and the, My the thing is that makes. Go ahead, Sam. I was going to say the thing that was most frustrating about the Sug shot is, yeah, like everyone's focusing on the shot. Like, yeah, it's lucky, but if you go back, like Drew mentioned it, the block into the one handed pass, bounce pass through the three guys into a perfect layup, that was the most insane play of the game. That was the most like I that should get way more props and it got overshadowed by a shot, which is a little annoying on my part because that was actually a really nice play defensively, maybe up for grabs like whether it's a foul or not. But um, according to the rule book, it actually is not a foul. But that that play, it, I just it's annoying for me because that play was insane going from the block to the pass, and that just shows the playmaker he is and the defender he is, which really increases draft stock. Like I, the shot's one thing, um, anyone can hit a backboard a shot that can pretty luck, but that, that, that really showed how good of a defender he is. He can get up there with the post guys going up for a dunk, and he's an insane playmaker in transition, which has kind of been overlooked by some of his turnovers, and it, which has increased his draft stock. And, and I'm going to say two other things. I, best game ever is, is so relative to how you experienced it, to how you remember it, to what it means to you. I mean, like, I don't know. I never saw. I didn't see the Leitner, the Leitner shot in the Leitner game. So like, it doesn't mean a lot to me. I know it was a great game, but like, and so would I put it in my five best college basketball games ever, probably or whatever. But it, it doesn't, in my mind, you know, stick out among those others. So it, it's a bit subjective. But the other thing about the Leitner shot is if you if you do go back and watch it, it feels like the defenders like in slow motion. Like I don't even. He should have never even gotten that shot off. So well, same with as Suggs. much as it was lucky, Suggs banked it in. The fact that Leitner was even allowed to catch a three-quarter court pass, do a dribble, a little shake here and there, and like they all just kind of stood there and stared at him, is kind of lucky itself too. How does UCLA not take a timeout and set their defense up? You There's don't only let one them guy. Drop a play. There's only a big deal. There's only one guy. Well, that's that, what got Leitner the shot. If you want to use that as your example, they had to set that play up. Yeah, but there was only one guy that was going to take the ball from there all the way down the court. And they let him do it. There, yeah, no one and, else and I agree. But you had you also had a timeout before the free before that. Like you, your team should just know that. You shouldn't have to take a timeout to say, hey, guard their best but player. They, but but I still would have. And there's yeah, no, right. I mean, yeah. So let's. I mean, we're gonna have to discuss this. Let's like. I mean, I don't. We I've have ta- I told you my feelings on the transfer portal. I apparently Dickie V agrees with me, so people are just agreeing with me. But. I don't the think the two people you want in your corner, by the way, are Skip I know. Bayless. I agree. And I, I was embarrassed that Skip Bayless said the same thing. I almost said, oh, my God, I, I don't even mean it anymore. I agree. I hate Skip Bayless. But the Gophers have lost their entire team. Literally and their what, entire team. What? Literally well, their entire no, team. No, literally the entire team is gone, which, is, which, which, honestly, they sucked. So who yeah. cares? But what I find interesting is we will have – Senior night is going to be huge because we will have 15 seniors on our team because we're just getting every senior around from every uh, small type D1 school. I, I don't understand what Johnson's doing. I know he needs players, but they're all, I mean, the entire team will be seniors. Have you ever seen a senior night where it's their first year that's I, also I think the class? I think it's exactly what you said is – He's just trying to get players, and then he's gonna—he's got a whole year to recruit his next class, and he can kind of start God. fresh. But you got to fill your roster out. I, I I'd think rather he go gets a bunch of senior upperclassmen transfers who, so no, they're gonna be bad. Oh, but I'd rather he do that than throw together like a nine-person crappy freshman class full of. We you know, should go get your guy. My guy. Your guy's That's available long. again. Who? That's oh, what I want to Yeah, I don't know. He's a little. I, he's on his sixth team in two weeks. Well, what the hell? The most frustrating part about like dad's dad's take on the transfer portal is the first part of it, but part two is you should not be able to enter the draft and the transfer portal at the same time. Like I right. think as long as you one. don't, I think as long as you don't hire an agent, you can basically do whatever you want. 
So you basically are declaring for the NBA draft without an agent, and in doing so are also allowed to Which I think is garbage. And if one of my players declared for the draft, I would just tell him, I wouldn't even want him back in my team. He doesn't even want to be there. He can't, though. You've already given him the scholarship. That is a great story about that. You can't take away a guy's scholarship once you've given it to him. Unless he, like, breaks school rules, which he's not. Where I mean, where's Marcus Carr going? I don't understand. So is he going to? He'll find – there are certain guys – he'll find somewhere. Everybody will find somewhere, and that's the stupid thing. Because for every Marcus Carr, there's another one, and he'll go to that school. You know, like – If this guy was such a great recruiter, why couldn't he keep anyone that we already had? I I don't understand. I wanted to. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. Oh, I wouldn't wouldn't take – I think they all suck, so I'm not disappointed. Except for Robbins was serviceable. The rest can all go. Yeah, he was the one I thought may actually stick around. Um, But – I, well, I don't know. I, I, like if, I, if I'm Marcus, here, here's what I'll say about Marcus Carr. If I'm Marcus Carr, I don't want to stick around because no matter what that team is, it's going to be bad. And yeah, everything will revolve around me, but I want to go somewhere that's competitive. It'll get me on a decently sized stage and I can help me get to the, you know, to the pros because he'll eventually, he'll eventually well, get there. I, I wouldn't have stuck around as hard as Ben Johnson tries. If, if Marcus Carr can go to a better team and be the guy, he's, he's going to do that. And I have to, you know, you have to kind of, expect that i i just don't i mean robbins it's one thing to leave he went to vanderbilt what in the hell is he thinking didn't we get car not car we just yeah whatever all right so they're all gone the gophers will just continue to suck it is what it is uh speaking of sucking the whole american league central no just the twins because the collective america the american league central uh, is one game above 500 500, 500, 500, one game below 500. Let me let me say, ask a question, and it's it's uh, for everyone out there listening. Uh, does anyone wonder why the White Sox let this relief pitcher go that we had to, felt the need to sign, who I said was horrible? Wow, it hasn't. What been. an embarrassment this Minnesota Twins organiz, organization slash management is. It's it's absolutely an embarrassment. I texted you guys today about the, our number three, four, and five hitters. Insane what they're hitting on a major league team, and they're in the lineup. But it doesn't matter because uh, we don't do the small stuff. That's why we don't win playoffs. That's why we don't win extra innings. That's why we don't win close games. Thank you, Rocco. That's all I have to say about the Twins. You guys take over. Um, the, only, the only thing I'll say about Colome is one was 100% his fault. I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't. The other one, if Max Kepler remembers how to catch a fly ball, it's, but, you know, one blow. You can handle – if he, he had blown I one know. save in our first 10 – let me just finish. If he had blown one save in his first 10 games, like, yeah, a little disappointing, but fine. Whatever. It's going to happen. New team, weird season. You know, not weird season. New team, uh, you know, whatever. Short off season. That's what I meant. Short off season is what I meant to say. The, the second one was not his fault. If Kepler catches a ball, we're not even having this conversation. And – well, to go one step further, if, to your point, Rocco has any idea how to manage an extra inning scenario, which we are now 0-3 in, and I, I, the second base rule pisses some people off. It is what it is. It's like the shootout in the NHL. It's just a way to get games over with, and I don't, I, I, it's dumb. I'm not as against it as most people are, but at some point you have to learn how to handle those scenarios, and it, when we're 0-3 in them, they're not, it, it, I would say at least two are specifically the way he's handled them. So, I, I, it's weird because... We're 500, but we have the best run differential in our in our in our division. We're plus 19 on the run differential. We're only one and three at home, and it feels like we're a couple bad a couple bad managerial decisions turned into a good one. And our right fielder remembering how to catch a fly ball away from probably being I don't know eight and two. Like it just feels it's weird. I, I and even some of the guys we'll get to Garver and Sano specifically later, but Polanco feels like when you watch him bat. He's having more productive at bats than his average shows, but he's just one example of guy. I just feel like we're better. Well, we're definitely better than five and five as a team. We're being held back by the manager because Sano stinks and Garver stinks, but that's it's not their fault. They're in the lineup, you know, and in the positions they are. That's separate. But they so if you remove them or move them around, shouldn't even be on the team. Well, it would fine. Yeah, either way, it's it's a managerial choice. No, I agree. Not, so if you leave that out, it just feels like we're better and have been playing better than five and five. But it just is like 
we're we're not clearly, and that's really all that matters. You we're plus nineteen in the in runs, but we still have lost five well, games. Like that's I, ridiculous. He the the problem is that he's given up. And more that's and runs think of it this it. way: it's three three of those games were lost in extra innings, which you can't lose by that many runs, and we're still plus nineteen. And and I just we don't do the small stuff. One of those extra inning games we had what? Oh, I that, agree. But it's doing, just, doing the, the small stuff is as much on the players as it is on Rocco, knowing how to manage those situations. I, he doesn't. Well, the players aren't interested in doing it. Yes, yeah, Sam. Well, it I. It's the same exact thing we talk about the Twins every time. Even when they're winning, we still we like last year when we were winning, we were criticizing Rocco because this, especially the start of this year, has proven we will not never be able to win a playoff series with Rocco because during the playoffs, every team is good. Every team has a record above 500, and every team knows, or and every team need and what? Uh, sorry, the COVID COVID symptoms. Your words, son. Uh, and so, the start of the year is shown we'll never win a playoff series with Rocco because he, when it comes to the playoffs, you're, no team is going to blow out another team uh, to win a playoff series all three games or five games, whatever, however many games the series is. But Rocco has shown that in the top of the tenth inning or the bo- or the bottom of tenth, whether we're home or away. Is we're not going to do the little things to score that one run across. All we need is that one run, which has been shown in the extras. We've lost both extras by one run, um, both games extras by one run. So and that's proven that. And Rocco again, Sano is still striking out. Uh, it's almost a third of the time this year. That is ninety-one. Oh my yeah. god. And there's literally no positives this year. I mean, look right now this year in my eyes, except Buxton that he's playing like an MVP right now. Um, and that's pretty much the only positive I can see from this team right now because it's we're consistently being blown out or not blown. We consistently blow games, blow leads in games, yep. and we're only winning games when we hit a bunch of home runs, which is our identity. But that identity needs to change if we actually want to win a playoff game for the first time since 2004. In the playoffs, it's shown that for the past three years when we hit a bunch of home runs, we're not going to win a playoff game, and so our identity needs to change if we're going to win a playoff game, let alone a playoff series. And that identity will never change if Rocco continues this stuff up. First of all, Buxton, the Twins are the only team in America that whose best hitter, who finally did it today, doesn't hit in the top three, meaning he's up every inning. And he will continue to move him around because he's a complete idiot. His lineups make absolutely no sense. He's got guys playing that make no sense. I, well, I, I, I and just, to your I credit, or to what you're saying is, if Buxton is hitting 500 in the sixth spot or seventh spot, whatever he was hitting it, I keep him there until he stops hitting 500. And I know like you want him to be in the, to be a leadoff hitter, but he's shown he struggles in the leadoff spot. So keep him in the sixth or seventh spot and let him hit 500 and lead the majors in OPS and home runs in the seventh spot because he's a, an MVP in that seventh spot. Don't keep moving around in the order because as a leadoff hitter, you have to have a completely different approach than oh. the seven hitter. And yeah, you and can't keep moving guys around. Let's be honest. By next week's show, he'll be out of the lineup for two months. So it, it, it's just we're on borrowed time. With and, and to, but to go to what Sam was saying, as long if we're talking about where we're going to hit Buxton, and Bucks was I, you know, two for five today in the leadoff spot, which is ironically below his season average of 500 to Sam's point. But if he was hitting in the sixth spot, and we had a, to your point, Dad, three, four, five hitter who had any sort of business being in those positions. He'd be, do, we'd be doing great. But the three guys hitting in front of him, if Nelson Cruz isn't in the lineup, which he wasn't today because he's sick, not COVID-related. But it, you know, for the most part, he he's should be in a spot where guys are on base because three is hypothetically your best hitter, all-around hitter. Four has power and at least should get on base semi-often, and five is also supposed to, like. All I'm saying is, even in the sixth spot, he should be getting more opportunities than he should. But the guys that are put at three, four, and five when Cruz is not in the lineup have no business being in that spot. Listen, and, there's and that's what's frustrating. These are these are what frustrates me about the Twins at five and five is they're they're winning in spite of Rocco, and they've been doing it for three years. And it shows when they get into scenarios where he actually needs to do something. And we've been harping on it. We're gonna harp on it probably for 150 more games. That this is you know Sano has his issues. Garver has his issues. Donaldson. And Buxton have their injury issues, but overall, the it's a very good team. It is a it is. I mean, I it just the talent there. The talent is there. They they have too many guys hitting well. Their pitching staff is uh, the starting pitching staff is actually very good. They've been the, okay. the 
Yeah. No, they're. I mean, if you look at them, they're they're good. They have. I mean, they don't have a closer. Period. I don't care. I said if, the starting pitching staff. Yeah, you, you have selective hearing when you talk. No, about I don't them. because they they have six. It, the starting pitching doesn't even matter because as soon as he takes them out, we're done. I mean, we signed this Dubnik guy for thirty million dollars. He's never. He's so bad. It's it's embarrassing. Well, they ha- and see, here's my problem with him. He's never in his life been a reliever. They signed him all this money and then put him in a different spot. I mean, that's a management problem. Listen, there's not a there's not a high school in America that doesn't work on every single thing that the Twins refuse to do. No, I agree with you. I mean, no, I, I think that's my point. Is those those things are, I, I like, at some point that has to come from the top down, and it, and he's not able to do it. The the well, they're too. They're, I I truly believe that we're winning games in spite of him. And it's ridiculous because he won manager of the year, whatever, whenever that was. Oh, that was but the, the the extra innings record and playoff record, to Sam's point, shows that as soon as managing matters. He's we're, he's useless. Well, and you look at Arias is a prototypical perfect leadoff hitter. I know the guy ridiculous. barely strikes out. He works the count. He sees all the pitches. When he does swing at the first pitch, it's almost a guaranteed hit. And he should be batting leadoff. I don't care if he goes 0 for one game. He's still batting almost 400 with an almost 500 on base percentage. He, he should Just bat. You, he should bat one or he should bat nine. And today I, he batted yep. like sixth. It yep. makes it's no stupid. sense. And Sano is the opposite of a three or four hitter you want he's hitting sub 100 with one home run and three rbis he's and not he, hitting guys in and he strikes out a third of the time almost it should it's probably 50 percent and, of the and time that's and that's guys on base. and he's a below average fielder yeah. <clears throat> well he dh today but oh yeah. i mean in general <laughs> I know. he wasn't dh once when cruz yeah lineup. i know hopefully cruz is back soon because he's mashing again he gets younger, even though everyone's getting older. I don't know. My I, thing with no thing is ridiculous. Yeah, and my my thing with the lineup is it's just I, I at some point he's playing guys there because that's what their name says and that's not what the numbers say. Andrelson Simmons is a great is a great example. The dude's batting three fifty plus. I don't know what he's at. Yeah, I think no slight percentage. Yeah, I I don't yeah I I didn't check after the game, but he, he's batting between three fifty and four hundred, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's insane, and yeah, there's no slugging percentage there. That's fine. But, you know, maybe bat him ninth instead of Jake Cave, who's batting 150. It's just like there, there's no flow to the lineup because he just is like, oh, lefty on the mound. Let me put every right-handed guy I have in my lineup in yep. the lineup in a random order. And okay. the only thing I will say positive, well, I'll say other things positive. One positive thing, I texted you both this today. I owe Mr. Garlic an apology. He's played very well. He's been very good in the outfield. He's a thousand times better than Jake Cave. And I owe him an, a little bit of an apology. Kirilov should still be up. Instead of Cave, that's a different discussion. Cave for Christ's sake, Jesus! Yeah. His beard is gray. How old is he? How old could he possibly be? I don't know. Well, I, I owe Mr. Garlic. Honestly, not old enough to retire. Yeah, that's well, all that should. matters. And you know what? Then keep Garlic in the outfield, and let's bring up one of those other. I agree. No, that's that's what I'm saying. First base, and it's time for Sano to go. There's apps. They can't. One of those guys has to be able to play first, right? Well, and there's no reason why Asadio shouldn't be playing first ahead of Sano until Asadio starts playing bad. Asadio's hitting I, I, over 400. No, I agree. There, Even Asadio had the play of the game by sliding under the first baseman on a guy on a play. Someone it's, showed me that at baseball today. On the on, that was crazy. There's well, no. Sano should not be playing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, there's no reason our seven, eight, nine in the lineup should be batting over a thousand combined when our three, four, five are batting two hundred combined. It was no three, I counted it today. It was three seventy. It was exactly in, in about the seventh inning today. It was a combined, a combined three seventy. Well, and our seven, eight, nine was eleven hundred combined. Yeah. Well, think about it. No, your six, seven, eight today was Arise, Asadio, Simmons. They're all batting at least three twenty, probably. And so, I and Asadio is over 400. I'll and meanwhile, right Garber's 357, 462, yeah. 370, all over 350. Yeah, and and I, the Polanco thing, I'm almost like, I don't really know what to make of him because I feel like he's, I feel like he's having good at bats and produ- he at least is productive at bats yeah, to his credit. I, I don't think we he do. hasn't actually struck out that much. He's walked a handful of times, um, and I feel like he's hitting the ball hard. I mean, he roped one today right at a guy. Like it feels like it's getting there for him, so he doesn't bug me nearly as much though, as as Garver's well, lost. At and and Sano and Sano can't play until well, it's seventy degrees. That's it. The Garver thing does not make sense at all because when he make, make when he swings and makes contact with the ball, he's a very smooth swing. Oh yeah. And like when he makes like when his first year, 
his breakout year when he's hitting all those home runs. I loved his swing. I thought he had the most, one of the smoothest righty swings in the league. But now he's not even swinging at the ball. He's looking at oh, fastballs down the middle. And he's not even trying to put the bat on the ball, which he, you can't even put him in the lineup unless Rooker, um, or not Rooker, unless uh, the backup catcher, what's his name? Yeah. Jeffers yeah. is out. Like, and, well, and Garver probably shouldn't even be in the majors. And it, it, it's fr- it's frustrating because we, we don't even harp on on Cave, but like Cave is, is a massive part of the problem too. He's got more strikeouts than Garver does. Why a similar average, but he's he's even at least when Garver does make contact. To your point, Sam, the odds that it's going over the fence are decently high. I Jake Cave is useless. One hundred percent. And I get I'm, and I go back to what I said earlier. Like Jake Cave has no business being on this roster, much less in the lineup. Well, your guy Dick Bramer was saying what a great power hitter he is. I'm like, have you watched, what am I, have you watched this guy? Yeah, I don't know. His, his slugging is 188. Oh, he's so, again, you like, got here's, all what the- I, here's my exact point. I just pulled up their stats. They're, Garver and Caves averages are two points different, but Garver is 250 points higher slugging percentage. So Garver, you slap him at seven. If he strikes out, he strikes out. Like he's got to play sometimes because Jeffers can't play every day and neither can he, they're catchers. I also, if you put him at seven or eight, if he makes contact, the odds it goes far are pretty high. And if he doesn't, whatever, he's at eight. He's eighth in the order. You cannot bat him third. You cannot with a straight face pencil that know. man into the third spot in the lineup. And that is my biggest issue. There are guys in the lineup and in spots they shouldn't be. And it's this vicious cycle of like now they have no confidence because you put them in a spot of, of confidence and they fail because they're not very good and they're not playing very well right now. And then it just spirals from there. Well, yeah, and then on the comments, they're they're playing well in a spot, and they move them to a different spot. But on a lighthearted oh, the note, lineup's different every day. It's yeah. it, it drives me nuts. If Braemar didn't, if he just keep his mouth shut the entire game, we'd win fifty percent of more games, and our guys would hit at least a hundred points better than their average today. Buxton two for four, and he and Bramer goes, hey, he's two for four, but the most important thing is or whatever he hasn't struck out today. The next batter, he strikes out. Well, he, like, he, dude, I, can't I, even I made a it. comment about he was talking about how how Hap was was cruising through the lineup today and he immediately gave up a home run. He was like, oh, I think he's even going to make it through this last inning and all the snow and everything. Next, like very next pitch, gone. He's pathetic, but <coughs> I can't talk about, thing about anymore, Dad. Team. Dad, do we have anything else on the schedule? Well, all right. So I hate talking about this team. Somehow you not as much. Somehow Drew continues to watch this team, but. I really don't. If anybody in their right mind thinks Alex Rodriguez and whatever his billionaire friend's name, Mark Lori, and Marky Lori, if they think they bought this team to keep them here, they are. They have to. No, they can get out of it for fifty. They said that when the guy bought the Sonics too. It's they they have exact same million dollar buyout. Why would they buy? First of all, they I know they tried to buy the Mets and that didn't work. Why would they buy the Timberwolves? It does any sport, any sports franchise is is valuable. It well, doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what sport. Agreed. If you're a professional sports franchise, it is valuable over time. Agreed, but the Timberwolves just, will never be more valuable. Well, I think one point five reason A Rod. Yeah, they will. In five, in ten years, when they sell I, them, they'll be two point five billion. Just because the league will grow, there will be more revenue. There will be more this and that. Like, there is every single team. That has been purchased and then sold. Doesn't matter how bad, doesn't matter how good, has always made the owner money. It it is like legitimately, if you have the money, probably the safest investment on the planet. I I can't prove that for sure, but I there, I would love you to name somebody who lost money when they sold the team besides the Dodgers guy, and that was for other reasons. Well, I'm not. This could be the first one because number one, the Timberwolves are a disaster. But number two, you have to also realize like the the value of the team is not that correlated to the success of the team. It's correlated to the success of the league as a whole, which is only going to get bigger and bigger. Okay, here's what I would tell you. You would have to be a complete moron to buy an NBA team. You have zero control. Let's just take your team, Brooklyn. It doesn't matter. You're you're analyzing this on a team-by-team basis, and that's not how these leagues operate, and that's not how these teams really make money. Everything is shared. Everything is revenue shared. Your your control over your own income is is pretty light compared to the whole rest of the league. You're at the mercy of national TV deals. You also actually have a market that, for whatever reasons, continues to support this team. You know, it, it's in a market star for basketball. When when fans can come back, they're gonna go. As bad as we are, they're gonna go. 
you have a regional sports network that is willing to pay you to put you on TV. You know, that's not you can't say that for every league or every every team. It's not as simple as the team's bad. It's not valuable, which well, is stupid. It should be, but it's not. I still think you'd have to be an idiot to buy an NBA team. You have zero control. I mean, Kyrie Irving just continually takes time off. Why does he get paid? Well, that's a, it's a different discussion, but yeah. I mean, Cat, God bless him. I'm so sorry his mom passed away, but he's going to take four or five days off because she passed away a year ago. I get it. It's tough. But, I mean, there's just – in the old days, people wouldn't miss anything for any reason. I don't know. I, I, I think A-Rod I, – I don't get why he bought the Timberwolves. I don't I don't get any of it. I mean, but he has ties with Seattle. The they're going to Seattle. Yep. I mean, it, that's why. I mean, the only, you, the only reason they may not move, and I, I think they're going to, but the only reason they may not is – Taylor still basically controls the team for another two and a half years. And the league has already been talking about expansion. So depending on how those two timelines intersect, they may not move because in two and a half, three years, we might be having expansion into Seattle and into Vegas or wherever else. And then where are you going to move the team? So that's, and so, but to my point, they won't move only if the league won't let them or there's nowhere better for them to go. And that would only happen if there's expansion, which is entirely possible. But it's not going to be because they didn't want to. It's going to be because it didn't make business sense or the league said no. It's well, more it's more valuable in the long term for them to stay and to add two teams than it is for them to move to a smaller market. If I'm Seattle, I would say, A-Rod, keep your mess to yourself and we'll just take our, yeah. our chance in expansion. I know. And you know they're going to be the first city that gets one and they have to well, add two right. so it's going to be seattle it's going to be vegas i mean realistically where else would you right. put a basketball I wouldn't team take right now? the timberwolves are insane oh, i but, agree i agree i agree uh so i don't know i mean do you think are you guys excited he bought it i it, i can't it can't be worse i guess is how i would put it yeah. can't be worse i'm excited taylor's well he's not gone yet but that he will be gone in two the weird thing about glenn taylor of all the owners in town here he's actually spent the money he's just yeah poor at it he's just bad at it yeah exactly he I mean, cares never he not- wants them to do well he's spending the money he remod he built this arena he remodeled the arena right. like he he's the one that ha- he i mean the links are owned by him too and technically now i get i think a they're bought by a rod and Lori. like he wants basketball in the city to be good he is just to your point really bad at doing that yeah so uh, i don't know it can't be worse and for whatever it's worth since d'lo came back they've been playing pretty well when Cat's also in the lineup, I mean, when he, well, when, I, it, it is clear that D'Lo is is great as an accessory to to Cat. Uh, without it, without him, they're it's weird. Well, with only him, they're useless, and without him, they're even more useless. There's clearly, I don't know, the basketball gods or someone. They can never all three be there at the same time. No. So, do we talk wild? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they don't. There's Colorado. They're never going to be able to beat. So, what's the point of? Uh, well, they might beat Vegas. I mean. That's, I think for we're whatever reason we can beat that. Vegas like nobody's business, which is probably who will end up playing in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, someone upsets Colorado, we got a chance. But yeah, no, I, I mean, no one had coming into the season a grand visions of. So let me ask you. I'm. I know. Um, let me ask you a question. They have they have a ton of talent in the farm system. They have a ton of young players. Guy like Taylor Hall from Buffalo. Did not get traded for very much. Why didn't we put some draft picks together and get a guy like him? Like, why not make one move? I don't even want Taylor all. Well, somebody. Jack Eichel. Not that many guys got traded. No, no, you're right. You're right. Which is weird, and I don't know why. I'm sure someone could explain to me why. But we needed somebody. I think we just still needed one piece. You know, I don't think we do this season. And this is what I've been kind of trying to get out of you guys and get your thoughts the last few weeks. It's like, what's the benefit of of hemorrhaging – the next year to two to three years for a guy that if you sign him, like, I, I don't know, there was nobody out there that got traded or that was available that really would have moved the needle for me this year and, and moving ahead. Um, we, we don't, we do, we don't need a win. We don't need a guy at the position Taylor Hall plays. I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's not better than the guys we have, but he, you're, you're, <laughs> you pay him. You know, what? That could be a reason we need him. No, but I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is you're going to lose two, above average players that you can't re-sign for just him. And I don't think he is so good that he outdoes that 
as a player. You know, I don't think he's that kind of player. If he was, you know, Buffalo would be better, you know, and they're not. They're awful. Um, but I just, you know, and Taylor Hall is very good. I mean, we're using as, as the example. I just don't think you have expansion coming up. You don't know who you're going to lose. You have a couple of guys you need to sign this offseason. You do have a lot of young guys. I feel like you wait till the offseason and see who you can get in free agency, who you can trade in the offseason. And, you know, you get a better assessment of some of these guys you have in your farm system to see if they're ready or not. I just to me, there wasn't a massive benefit to the wild mixing things up. They're already overachieving. Why mess with that and mess with the development of some players you want to be part of the the, the franchise for the next four or five years for a guy who who knows if he's going to resign with you or not on the if he if he needs to. Yeah, I come. I completely agree. Like Taylor Hall did not want it all. Uh, he's proven not to be a winner. He's proven to be one of the least valuable players. Like on every team he goes to, that all his teams never win or do much. Um, so I don't want him at all. There's no guy really, like you said, want it. Like we're probably locked in to be the third seed in the conference. We'll probably lose first round. But again, we would have had to have gotten more than just one piece um, in this. Like in look who got traded. More than one guy. Uh, to even like win, to win to go to the cup, and I don't think it would have been worth it to get rid of our picks, um, to get rid of our young guys who are playing well. And I, like I mentioned, I would just let this team gel together, build some chemistry, uh, especially with Capril and those guys who, because he's hopefully he's going to be here for a lot for for good, uh, and build a chemistry with the guys on the team. And the a lot most like you said, most guys are um, uh, overachieving, so I would just let keep it going. We're not really, we can't really bottom out because even if we tried to, we'd probably still end up in the playoffs. And if we went and got guys, we'd still probably end up in the third seed because there's like seven points exactly. between second and seven points between yeah. third and fourth. So nothing here's, we can really do to change. Yeah, I, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think here's the way I'll put it. When we had um, Fenton and we were mightling, like we, I mean, we're actually doing pretty solid right now i'm not even gonna say mylon but when we were doing okay under fenton his solution was to try and take guys we had that we felt were underperforming and trade them for under other underperforming guys and try and hope that they could succeed better with us that didn't work why would it when we had fletcher it was let's trade all of our draft picks all of our prospect for rentals remember the martin hansels of the world guys like that that didn't really work either and all it got us was inevitable mediocrity i i at least respect that garen is committing to doing something different and saying, you know what, if it's not going to actually put us over the edge this year, which I'm not sure there's anything that could, I'm not going to get rid hemorrhage our future or hemorrhage the ability to make future moves when maybe the market is a little bit more in our favor just to grab a guy for the sake of grabbing a guy. And I appreciate that because our last two idiot general managers did nothing but make us average for forever. And Garen is at least trying to change that, whether it's to Sam's point, bottoming out because we don't go get great guys or because we're waiting for the players we actually drafted highly to develop and get better and then once we're actually that close to the cup make a move that gets you over the edge nothing this year we could have done would have actually made a difference and that's the reality we're we're a good team that's overachieving we're gonna make the playoffs and we're probably gonna lose in the first round or the second round and that's fine because it's way better than we thought we were gonna do but nothing there is nobody out there nobody realistically that we could have traded for that would have changed that i don't think and so for that reason, I'm, I'm for that in the words of Mark Cuban, for that reason, I'm out of the trade deadline. All right, with our last five minutes, uh, the NFL is getting a little weird. Now I, I get confused. The people you hang out with are they Giants fans or Jets fans? Uh, both, both, I guess. Uh, it depends. Okay. Cause... The the family that I'm with often is is Giants fans, but there is a Jets fan that's ma- married marrying in the near future into it. And then so. we've of course got the Eagles fans. Yeah. yeah. Who are that I mean, that's a great choice. I mean, yeah. they they don't have a quarterback. They're they're in they're in deep. No, I think they're they're aware of that though. They're and I think they're but, just as upset as you are. So. Okay, so help me. So we got the number one pick is gonna be uh Lawrence. I'm gonna tell you here and now, just like I told you about Josh uh Rosen. That I think the dude from Alabama, forget. The dude from uh, Brigham Young, forget. I think the only, Lawrence, I think, is probably legit. I think the only other guy that even has a chance to be good 
can't believe I'm saying it, is the North Dakota dude because he's going to sit for a while. What about? Well, yeah, that's actually yeah, sitting will actually help. What about uh, what about Fields? You skipped over Fields. I think he's I think he's awful. Okay. I I don't think he's an NFL quarterback personally. I really don't. But um. But anyways, so we got all these quarterbacks going that high. Maybe the Vikings should just jump up there and take the offensive lineman and get it over with. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it's, go ahead. That, I was gonna say that's the thing. We can trade for like Orlando Brown if we want to for the Ravens. He's on the trade block, and, then just, and we could trade okay. for him and then swap picks with the Ravens and then take uh, the defensive end or whatever falls to us at twenty-seven with the Ravens, or or we can draft an offensive lineman at fourteen, but. Part offense lineman, we having a great success with drafting. Part of me just wants to trade for one and get it over. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Um, but they kind of, ha- yeah, unless they trade for one on draft night, they sort of have to. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, my, I'm, I'm torn because to your point, Dad, all those quarterbacks going early, it could play out one of two ways. One that could give us the opportunity to jump up and grab, you know, that lineman. But you know, who's to say that? Those other guys at the top of the draft don't also want that, you know, one of those two linemen. Um, they probably do. I'm trying to think who drafts. There's some of that drafts like, oh, the Bengals. The like the Bengals are either going to take Chase or they're going to take uh, or they're going to take the the Oregon lineman. And then after that, you know, I who knows? I mean, Dallas picks ahead of us. They're going to probably maybe I don't know who they're going to take. Like take- there are other teams that also would want linemen that don't want a quarterback that are going to have their pick. So can we jump those teams? maybe or do you let it play out and let it fall to you and see if you get more value because the six or whatever what is it it's lawrence fields jones the byu guy wilson Lance, it's five six yeah five quarterbacks then that are going to go somewhere in the top 10 someone's going to fall to you so i and and for that same reason you don't have a second round pick maybe you try and trade back slightly to get that second round pick back i don't i mean i don't know there's a lot of things you can do and I think the fact that so many quarterbacks are going to go early gives you the freedom to at least see, at least see how it's going to play out. Oh, well, Miami picked at six. Miami's going to take. I got to imagine Chase. The Bengals are going to take Chase of the lineman, and then Miami's going to take the other one. And then it's up to you know. Then there's the the Northwestern lineman that everybody likes that may go somewhere in the middle. I don't know Detroit or Dallas, San Francisco. York, maybe. I, like, why have they not traded Jimmy G? It's, there's no they way want they want a first round pick for him. No one's going to give it to him. Yeah, they're dumb. I mean, yeah, they I'm are sorry, dumb. I agree. But you can't. You don't draft that. You don't trade up and draft or and trade all that stuff to not take a quarterback. And if you're going to take a quarterback third overall, you're going to play him. And to have yeah, Jimmy yeah. G just sitting there makes no sense. I, I yeah. Eventually they'll have to cave, and and they'll just give up whatever. But I think they're just they're playing hardball right now. I don't know. I, I think I think where the Vikings sit and the fact that so many quarterbacks are going to go early, they sort of have the luxury to at least see how it plays out. I, I, I think they'd have to do a lot, and I don't know if they'd be able to really move up and get one of the top two linemen, but there's a chance that the next one falls on. They don't have to do anything. Maybe we should take the North Dakota quarterback. I don't, you know, you, I don't think he'll get to us. I really don't. I don't think so either. No, I think Joe, Mac Jones will probably be the one that will fall, but to that point, this will probably be a weird well, Mac draft. Mac Jones too. is gonna. There's talk that Mac Jones is gonna take him by the Niners. Sure. At three. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. But who knows? Well, but this, that's the thing. Like, there's gonna be so many quarterbacks taken within the first five and probably the first ten too. Uh, first ten picks is. But then none of the quarterbacks except Lawrence are actually like people think like is consensus gonna be good in the NFL. Like, uh, for example, Wilson had a really good pro day, but. Is he that good in the games? We haven't really oh, seen much of him. And then played some of these. Lance guys. from NDSU, he played at NDSU. He didn't really play. Played one game. Teams. <laughs> so we don't know. Like we and then uh, Fields is it was the most inconsistent quarterback in all of college football. Right. Uh, the past year, he was really good some games, terrible other games. Like we don't know what he's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, so but like all these teams are putting all their money I... and draft picks in for these quarterbacks that we have not seen anything of. I would do everything humanly possible and trade up to get the Oregon lineman. That's who I think they should get. If if they can't get him, well, what happens if who's the but, uh, see to your point? I'd rather trade for a proven offense lineman like Brown or another offense lineman. Well, I'm fine with better that. on the trade block. Yeah. Uh, and Brown's even 24 too. He's he's young. 
But I, these offensive linemen are so hard to guess who's going to be good, and so many times the the best ones are bust. Uh, so I'd rather just trade for a proven one, and well, the proven one happens? will probably be less expensive. So what? Ha- so what happens if we're if we're drafting and we got to get going in a second? So maybe we could talk about this on the after show show. But I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna leave you with this thought. What happens if we're drafting and one Mister uh, is it Patrick Sertain or the cornerback from Alabama is available? Yes, that's his name. So do you guys draft the cornerback if he's sitting there? No. We've just signed 30 of them. Yeah, I don't think so. No. I, I, I mean, think that's where you trade. I think he's that's if, better if, than all of them. Yeah, he That's where be, you trade back. But, and We've taken so many cornerbacks in the first round and the first and we two just rounds. Of, we don't do that. Well, well we're going to lose one because he, he's well, had yeah, his I did. I wasn't including him. But, I mean, oh, that's right. realistically, we, if you go into the year with, with Dantzler, Hughes, semi-healthy, but... Peterson and well, Hughes uh, McKenzie. What? Hughes just caught a major break. The Gladney thing? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Gladney's yeah. football career. But I mean, if, if you have four, you really need four corners in, in today's NFL. And if those four are Dantzler, Peterson, McKenzie Alexander, and Mike Hughes, you could do a lot worse. That's pretty good, actually. We have. Um, yeah. We, <laughs> it did, in fact, get worse. How many times did we say that last year? No, I am. Um, I think Sam's right. I think that's where, if he somehow falls there, there's got to be somebody at a one or two or three spots behind you that would, would love a cornerback. You know, I, who's right behind you? I think New England's right behind you. What if, Vegas, Miami. Uh, Miami's got to get secondary. Uh, Vegas if, would probably take a corner. And who are you going to get at? Who's going to go in between 14 and whenever Vegas picks at 17 or 18 that you wouldn't just, you know, that won't still be there. So. Yeah, I mean, like last year we got lucky and the wide receiver he wanted fell to us. Yeah, that's true. Hey, do we fans... test that? Maybe we don't test that fate. Twice. What if you um? What if there's a huge top wide receiver sitting there? Do we do it again? I, no, I think you make a trade there too. I I, I think, think trade a seventh I, round pick for Larry Fitzgerald. Well, that's what I was gonna. That was gonna get. I, to that yeah, thing. I'm not as enamored with Larry Fitzgerald as, as you guys are. Well, that's, for what he does, though, that's all we need. We need a. We need. Do you a really third. think he'd come here to be the third receiver, though? He's the third receiver. Well, he's second receiver there. He's not even third. on Arizona. I don't even know who else their other receivers are. He might even be retired. I don't even know. Oh, I guess they have Hopkins now. No, he hasn't retired, but he's not even on their team. I mean, I'm not sure they're re-signing him. So I yeah, think I, there's a chance he would to be a maybe. possession receiver. I, yeah, maybe. I, I, mean, I don't think it's the craziest thing ever. With Thielen. no, I mean, if if he's literally a free agent, he, you pay, you have to pay him a, the vet minimum. I mean, why not? But yeah, he's no, better I, than Chad Beebe, I'll tell you that much. No, he is, and I'm not saying third wide receiver three isn't a need. But I, again, I actually think to your point, whatever we have to do, trading or signing for jump change, Fitzgerald is is the over take one in the first round if if one of them falls because I just think. As as much as you need receivers, and I'm not saying they're not incredibly important in, in the modern NFL, you just you just don't really need a we don't need a third one as bad as we need other things. Yeah. So no, we and have I'm so not many a offensive weapons. For, yeah, yeah. We need to protect Kirk so we can give the ball to the weapons and get some uh, pressure yeah. on the other team's quarterback. Yeah. Well, listen, we can score 50 points a game, but if we're gonna let up 50 because we can't rush the passer and or whatever, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter. So I. I I think if if Sertan or one of those receivers somehow, some way, or even Kyle Pitts, the tight end, one of those guys somehow, some way falls to you, you 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 trade out of that and get some serious value because those are big time names and you can bait people into thinking you're going to take them and see what they're willing to give you. If you can move back a couple spots and get yourself a second round pick, you know, you do that 100 times if if because then you're not going to miss out on who you would have taken in the first place anyways. So. Well, we yeah. still need a quarterback, too, but that's that's for a different day. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. All these teams trading up and giving up stuff to take these mediocre college quarterbacks makes you a little a little appreciative. Well, not yeah. a lot. A well, little. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, Teddy Two Gloves' career is over. I, so here's what I think is going to happen. I don't know what he makes, but I bet you that he could be our backup quarterback next year. I think he'll get traded in the in the draft. To us for like a sixth round pick, and he'll just be our backup. Uh, I bet he. I bet he. Yeah, I bet he goes There's to no, Denver. He can't start with, with the old Vikings assistant GM. 
No way he plays for Denver. I, I mean, it makes sense, but he's not good. He's just bad. I don't disagree, but he's fooled people before. There's a lot of quarter. I mean, Denver's going to get one. Could get one of these quarterbacks too. But that's why I said Denver. What if they don't? What if they're all? What gone? about Washington? They got Fitzy. How long is he going to last? Well, I, Washington doesn't pick that high. They pick after oh, us. Have to make a trade. No, I'm with you. They'd have to make a trade. But how can yeah. they go into the season with him as the quarterback? No, I mean they're 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 gonna. <laughs> Unless the, I don't think I doubt it. I mean I doubt that they trade up. They, I don't think that'll be happening. I don't know. Well, I and mean, even the, and Chicago's quarterback's going to really be. Uh, Listen, I said it once. I'm going to say it again. It makes you at least a little appreciative. Not much, to be honest. No, not much. I we said a little. Second best quarterback in the division. Do we? Yeah. It used to be questionable. Now it's without a doubt. I don't know. Jared Goff. I don't think he's awful. Goff I mean, stinks. He's not awful. He's not awful, but he's he's not as good as Kirk. Jared Goff. He's in, below in, average. In, yards in, yeah. above average. Exactly. Yeah. It's like 12 or 13 and like 17 or 18. I wonder if we'll ever, ever talk about a a championship again. I don't really have time to get into that right now. It's 9:40 here. Well, again for you, ever for Drew. And I. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. No, I'll be dead. There's no question. I mean, I I don't have that many years left as it is, and it'll never be, never be uh, a champion. I mean, I will never see one. The only thing I possibility is if WrestleMania comes here and I see, like someone win a championship there, which WrestleMania probably will never come here because they're mad. So other than that, I will never see one. Well, things are looking good for you. You survived the vaccine better than me, so. Yeah, I survived the vaccine. I although I do have a uh, uh, if I'm not on the show next week, uh, I am going to get my kidneys looked at on Thursday. So in case I'm not here, I've uh, succumbed to kidney issues. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I went to the doctor. They said I had to get my kidneys looked at. I don't even you know. So I just throwing that out there. If I'm not back, it's probably due to kidney. So I take it the uh, indoor the treadmill isn't isn't going well. Uh, no, the treadmill's going great. It works great. I just don't know that. It, I think my kidneys might have been damaged in my uh, last episode of issues that I had a year two couple years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, the treadmill's going great. Really good. Your kidneys not really related to your. That's why I physical thought physical fitness. I don't think that's well. I mean, they could be. I don't know. I I I am not sure what's wrong with them because I can't tell. I did ask how would I know my kidneys are bad, and the answer was no. So it's all good. The worst part is Can't that you I get have, those removed. Yeah, I'll give. I'll, I'll send removed. you. I'm gonna get them both removed and send them each to you. Oh, I think you need at least one. You guys. Oh, and you my, do. And mine work fine. So I might get artificial kidneys and. Yeah, do you need one of Drewerize? Uh, I already know the answer would be no, so I'm not gonna even go there. I mean, I I might as well just get turned down from Will. He's here, so you guys don't have to do it long distance. Well, I thought you mean you already knew you didn't you didn't need one. You're saying no, it's very possible I need new kidneys, but I wouldn't even bug you guys with that because I it, the heartbreak of the hearing no would be tougher than. Um, there's a bigger issue that I have uh, that I have to put baseball pants on tomorrow, so. Well, my, maybe my it, if it are, goes well, if the weather allows you. Yeah, to. you know what? I would assume we're not going to play tomorrow either. It's probably going to be soaking wet. So, one of these days. One of these days. Uh, you guys uh, got a man up. I played in snow in my day, and probably. I, drew I agree with you. I I think we should. Uh, I think we should 100% not be canceling these games. I'm with you. We have two managers too for baseball. Things have really upgraded since you two were there. Two managers. Well, I don't know how good your team is compared to the other team, but usually the worst conditions favor the worst team. Our team is either going to be really, really good or not. That's, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> I don't know. I, there's, yeah, I mean, I would say we're probably pretty highly ranked, but I don't know what it's based on, and I could see it. Uh, it's, who knows? Who knows? You it's know, you're. Not based on coaching. No, coaching's going well. I mean, lots of compliments, lots of 
you know, um, thank yous. Uh, I'm changing lives and probably losing every game. So, you know, I don't know. Trade off. No, we'll see. We should have a good year. It's our, it's, we lost coach, losing coach Kelly definitely hurt, but he's moved on. I did a pass, uh, child abuse training. So, oh, uh, did you get your results back? I got my certificate. I got 96%. So, um, what did you get wrong? That sort of uh, feels like something you should have to get 100% on. Well, the, well, you only need to get 70%, so I, I'm happy with my 96. I only that got one question. That feels wrong. That, that feels I, like that's I, Drew, I enabling really, the issue. I totally – I mean, I hate agreeing with you, Drew. In fact, I find myself almost never agreeing with you. I don't think I could agree with you anymore on this issue. <laughs> and they didn't tell me what I got wrong, so I it's can't even learn from my you mistake. Can't even, you can't even fix it. That's even worse. Yeah, yeah see – I don't know what when I got you wrong. had to do your 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 whatever it was called that test dad did it's you have to virtues. pass it's yeah. called virtues I passed with flying colors 100% and as of right now I know the difference between a good touch and a bad touch and I did you have to get well, 100% to pass as far as I know yeah oh that, yeah that's good then I don't know that Sam I mean knows the difference between a good touch and a well, bad well I do know that uh, a good touch is a handshake or a high five or a fist bump and a bad touch is uh, touching any of the other parts of the body. You mean a, a hug with a rub of the back is bad? Uh, you're not. I don't. I don't know if hugs you are. You guys allowed. were learning for different curriculums. It sounds oh. like. I'm learning from the church, so I think mine's looser. To be honest with you, no offense to our Catholic or Protestant friends out there, but so. <laughs> we should probably end it there before they come after us. Really? They no. they know that they started with us. I mean, it all started with us. And they came after us once. They'll do it again. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, we should probably end it there. I mean, just so everyone knows, Sam, I think, does know a good touch from a bad touch. So I'll, I'll verify. I'll back you up on that, Sam. You're welcome. I, I, I don't know. The 4% may have been the... I, 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 I still don't I know. Said, I could not agree with Drew anymore. That's just alarming that you got something wrong. I mean, it could be. Okay, well, I guess most of most of the kids are safe. There's probably that one that God only knows. Drew, do you want anything to end it, or are we good? Uh, no, I'm I'm happy to end there. All right, well, pretty sure we'll be back next week. Tune in. Maybe by then we'll know what Sam got wrong on his uh, uh, sexual abuse test. Test so uh, child abuse training. My bad. Sort of the same. There's no, there's no sexual abuse in my child abuse. Well, I'm okay. All right. I guess we'll just see everyone next week. Bye bye.